Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. A very good Wednesday morning to you. Mike McNamara in for a Wednesday edition of All Marine Radio right here on your home for it. The All Warrior Radio Network. Uh, joining me from uh, McAllen, Texas, is Tim Lynch. Tim, good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine, Matt. Good morning. And uh, from the greater Kansas City area is Will. How did you get the name Will? Who shortened it? Did you shorten it? Did your parents shorten it? Your friends? Uh, so I was named after my maternal great-grandfather, William Craig, who the family story goes Ran away from the orphanage, joined a circus, uh, got blown up in a mining accident, married his nurse, um, moved in with his Baptist daughter, I think when he was in his late 80s, and she killed him over the course of nine years by not allowing him to drink bourbon and smoke cigars anymore, so he got stuck drinking bush beer, and over the course of nine years, she killed him, and he died at the age of 97. (laughs) <laughs> and, he was, and so his name was William Craig, and he was never Bill or Billy, so neither was I. You know, there's a lot of insight into that little soliloquy, so thank you very much. It explains an awful lot as well. Um, <laughs> 97, that's impressive, man. Um, and then from uh, the West Coast, Jeff Kenny, who was absent yesterday and will be absent tomorrow, um, his wayward ass joins us. Jeffrey, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am, as they say in Afghanistan, I am Besher Khub, which means, as Timmy knows, means very good. You might not know, but Besher Khub. Besher Khub. And I have to tell you, Mac, I heard on TV yesterday, uh, Afghan yell out at the camera, Boro Gumshu to, to President Biden. And that's the first phrase I learned in Iran as a 19-year-old corporal. And it means... Get the fuck out of here, or get the hell out of here, and in uh, Dari and and Farsi. So, a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, Afghan lingo uh, trading here. Yeah. So, in case any of the rest of you are going to sneak over there, right? You uh, just so you know, you've been uh, you've been at least given a little bit of the the linguistic skills that you're going to need to get through the day. Um, all right, uh, we're going to do the. Let me just do a little bit of uh, the general situation. Um, and then, and then everybody can comment on this and then Timmy will do an up, Intel update. We'll kind of go over ops and then some other shit. Um, also Timmy posted a, a, a good map of the airport, uh, an aerial shot. And, and I'll put that in this post. You should check that out. Everybody. I talked about my great affinity for maps. Um, and so, uh, I, uh, I will make sure I post that. Um, but let me let me just and I'm, I'm just going to go in terms of general situation. I'll just go over. over we've been following Richard Engel, um, our friend Franz Marty. Most of his reporting, he's not doing on Twitter anymore. He's doing with what Deutsche Well, uh, and doing video shots with them. So I haven't had a chance to watch those from Richard Engel starting 22 hours ago. Taliban fighters all over Kabul in pickups on foot, flying white flag. But tricolor Afghan flags still flying and traffic cops return to the streets. It seems the Talibs are trying to get people to calm down and stay. Uh, 
In that same hour, he tweeted, Area around the Kabul airport remains tense, but not the mad chaos of a few days ago. Smaller crowds didn't see any Taliban whipping people, a few shots in the air, but much more quiet than before. Uh, And then in that same hour, which was 22 hours ago, seems the Taliban doing what they can to speed up the U.S. withdrawal, get the Americans out, and stop the exodus from the airport. Then 17 hours ago, he tweeted two more times, uh, in Kabul, the shock of this transition is profound. Most people under 20 have never known Taliban rule. Now their choice is to get out if they can or hope the Taliban have really changed. And then his final tweet from 17 hours ago, the U.S. Embassy issues its last alert, this is interesting, for U.S. citizens to leave Afghanistan or they're on their own, then recalls that message 30 minutes later. Um, From Afghans, I'll read you uh, three headlines from the Afghans' uh, major news website. And I don't know, I would imagine this is managed from outside Afghanistan. Uh, But anyway, top headline is, Situation is in Afghanistan is difficult and alarming, and that's from Vladimir Putin. The next headline is Biden to the G7, U.S. on a pace to complete Afghan pullout by August 31st. And then the next headline is Shia clerics, colon, Taliban must ensure equal role for, for all. Um, and a few uh, headlines from other news agencies from the Washington Post, lawmakers to Biden advisors, don't leave Afghanistan by th- August 31 if the evacuation mission isn't complete. Uh, a Reuters story, after the Taliban takeover, concerns mount over U.S. counterterrorism cap- uh, abilities. Uh, CNN reported that 19,000 evacuations from Afghanistan took place in the last 24 hours. From Reuters, United Kingdom says the deadline for Afghanistan evacuation is to the last minute of August 31st. Um, and this is just from a guy tweeting saying, no one is allowed to the Kabul airport without a visa, a green card, or complete documents. And then from Al Jazeera, uh, Joe Biden has said the U.S. is on a pace to finish evacuations from Afghanistan by August 31st but left open the chance of extending the deadline, saying it depends on cooperation from the Taliban. So that's kind of general situation. Uh, the president spoke yesterday. Uh, if you watched it, uh, he didn't say a whole lot. He opened with five minutes of infrastructure comments and then, uh, and then talked about Afghanistan. Uh, he said that he's, uh, he's told his planners... Uh, to make contingency plans if the deadline has to be extended. You can make what you want of that. And uh, and so not a whole lot new other than saying, uh, which we predicted the exact opposite yesterday. Um, uh, so, you know, you, in order to be an expert, you don't always have to be right. You just have to sound like one and, and don't hesitate when you're predicting. Um, so with with all that said, uh, Timmy, you want to talk about uh, Greater Afghanistan, surrounding nations, uh, Kabul, and then uh, and then the Kabul International Airport. The news out of Greater Afghanistan continues to be not very much at all. No news. We are not getting any reporting in the media that I could detect 
about any place other than Kabul. What I've learned from reports on the ground from Afghans is that the UN are running convoys on the roads unmolested, which is interesting. I, I, I didn't know that. But the same Afghan told me that the UN was flying their aircraft around to the regional airports. And that's that's really not possible because that's where were they, they they'd have to come out of Kabul and it doesn't look like I mean, it may be possible. I would I would put that as an unreliable report. Report, but that would that means you're running a bunch of twelve seaters out of Kabul, and I don't think they're going to hold up the process for twelve seater UN planes. But maybe they are. Um, as far as greater Kabul, oh, excuse hey, me. As Tim, far as can we interrupt for a sec? Yes, sir. What uh, when they say the UN? What UN is there? There's <laughs> there's no like military mission, was there? No, 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 no UN at all. It's it's, it's the UN Afghanistan, UN AMA Afghan mission. They have white armored B6 uh, SUVs, armed local security. Uh, during their early involvement in Afghanistan, they had armed expat security, but they have since transitioned to just locals only. But those guys are not armed, the UN. Um, they have armed av- escorts with them. Uh, maybe now they're Taliban, but that means what they're seeing is a convoy of those big white uh, SUVs with the blue UN sign on the on the doors. Remember, they had that big compound down in Jalalabad, Tim. They sure did. Oh, they, oh, they had it. Yeah, they they did, and yeah, they so had a bigger UN, one. A bigger one in Kabul. UN people are mostly European. People. Yeah, so um, that's interesting. The fact that someone saw the vehicles doesn't mean they're actually occupied by UN. People. That is exactly what I was going to say too. Yeah, that, that I, is, I was going to ask: Is there, you know, is it is there corroborating? source or comment I, from I the will, UN saying, yeah, we're I doing will say, that. I will say this about that. The individual I'm talking to's mother has worked for a UN for 20 years. And uh, and he feels confident that if he gets a call, they could get the UN to take him to the airport. That's what he's, t- what, what he's telling me. So it could be, he would know whether it was UN or Taliban in there for sure. But, um, but we don't know. And, and, and the significance that would be significant if true because there was very few places in Afghanistan where you didn't run into a UN convoy at one time or another. They're they're very active, um, and uh, they're ex- almost ex- almost exclusively the ones I dealt with were South African, Australian, New Zealand, or Swiss. There are a lot of Franz Marty's countrymen in that organization. And you know we know there's there's arms of the UN in there. Like for instance, there's just reported that the World Health Organization running out of medicine there in uh in the in h kaya so that means they're there so there's probably little uh you know uh un type agencies that are still scattered throughout yeah but the, but the un was a massive presence in 2005 when yeah. i arrived yeah. a massive presence and they didn't seem to scope down too much they just they they closed down offices in kandahar and places like that early and limited their movement severely but they were always active for what that's worth um and, and staying within the uh, the greater Afghanistan, unfortunately, one of the individuals who fell from the original C-17 launches during the chaos was a well was a well known soccer star named Zaki Anwari. Um, apparently, he was quite a phenom soccer player. Somebody the whole country knows. It just adds uh, to the uh, to rather the, the the kind of tragedy of this thing, putting a face to it. Uh, moving on into Kabul. We can uh, start with the weather report. Of course, uh, high today was 103, lows 
was 60 during a, that came about midnight, and we were talking about the time on deck being 6.17 p.m. Um, tomorrow, there will be, once again, sunshine, no clouds, lows in the 60s, highs over 100. Remarkably enough, air quality index is fair, at AQI of 34, indicating that Kabul isn't the Kabul that it was when we were there. That, that Kabul was choked in dust. Obviously, not a whole lot of traffic moving around right now. Focusing on the airport itself, the hey, big can, news. Can I, can I interrupt? Just ask you a question. Yes, sir. Before you get yes, the, d- drill deeper into Kabul, um, are the are the border is the border open, or have the Taliban closed the border to Afghanistan, to Iran, um, and adjacent countries? Um, you you know anything about that, Tim? Yeah, I I do. What what I've read about is the only impediment to going across the border was how many Pakistan was willing to let in. I don't know about Iran, but I can tell you from living in Zaranj for a year, they don't need to go through the border checkpoint to get into Iran. Those people go back and forth like uh, some of the small uh, Mexican American towns on the on the Rio Grande. They, there's there's no there's no impediment to their traffic. So for the locals who are in the border areas, they can jump over the border a thousand different ways. The, the, the refugees, the official refugees are being limited by the country, how many they're willing to take. And that's the holdup. And I don't know today what that number was for Pakistan. And I have and, and we won't know for Iran because they're not going to tell us. Got it. Got it. All right. Thank you. Okay, at Kabul International Airport, all the eyes are focused on there. The big news is the uh, the private effort uh, by private individuals to get people out, leading with Eric Prince, who's offering a bargain basement $6,500 a seat flight out. I don't know who that's targeting, quite frankly. Um, everybody else is not about the money. The product that you're going to put on the Postmac, that is one of those um, Operation um, Dumkirk products. There are... As I mentioned yesterday, I had a, a, a route into the uh, the evacuation site that Jeff had provided me, who was a former Marine. I've got another route into that site, another former Marine that came out of the Dumkirk, um, that came to me from the La Jolla, uh, uh, the La Jolla Rotary Club. And, and, and both of these guys are actively trying to help sort through uh, um, how they could best get these people inside the wire. The second Marine is going to make an attempt to grab the wounded child. Um, I, with I don't know when he's we're, he we're having problems communicating with uh, with the father. So I, it's standing by, but they're at least getting active. I don't know what to make of the Eric Prince uh, a private offer. That's awfully um, that's kind of kind of a bad optics to sixty five hundred dollars a seat bullshit. And then you've got two congressmen who graced us with their presence there. And I will let to, uh, I, I don't even want to talk about that. I want to hear Will and Jeff and you talk about it, Mac, because <laughs> that just amuses the hell out of me. And uh, there we go. That concludes our intelligence brief. What we know is we don't know much and it remains that way. But but in terms of the Taliban is obviously um, the situation around the airport. They've ratcheted down who they're allowing access to, right? As, as exactly, and we said that yesterday. It, it is. It, I think we've said it since Saturday. The uh, the Taliban is is actively impeding access to the airport, and they're doing it with with Afghans with legitimate paperwork, and they're doing it with AMSITs who are appear to be Afghans who have American passports. They're not confiscating passports. 
They're not necessarily beating and harassing these people, but they're turning them away. And I don't personally, I'm not in communication with any American in that situation, but I've read about it in the press enough that it seems to be a legit phenomenon that continues to this day as we discuss whether we're going to stay or go on the 31st. Okay, so but the bottom line is the situation around the airport, and Engel kind of corroborates that saying, uh, and again, it's kind of like um, we had, we've had we had discussions about um, this, the, the phraseology of, you know, heavy fighting. Well, if right. you're in the middle of it, it's heavy. So even though the, the, the overall number of people might have shrunk, where they collect, right, I'm sure, and the video that you see continue to come is probably as frantic as ever, and, and that's where the, the – right. And so, so that's the situation. So while it may have died down generally, specifically around those gates and the access points, it is still, you know, without a doubt, hey, man, as I, crazy as I, I know that I'm glad I'm not – in your presence right now, you as a, uh, as a, a senior guy leading a formation and me as you two briefing because I forgot something crucial – and this is the kind of stuff that gets you, uh, uh, you know, like a, a, a FM manual in the neck kind of a blow from your boss. That that is the that is the other big news from this event. Although it's calmed down at the airport, as Will correctly predicted, you've got a problems with the environmental uh, uh, with 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 trash, human feces, uh, urine, sweat, uh, blood, pus. All that stuff in that little area is getting confined, and now you're going to have Within 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 days, you're going to have a breakout of the paratyphoid, you know, the one of the seven different salmonella paratyphoids. And that and that salmonella paratyphoid took out a marine and put three in the friggin ICU in Beirut. That's nothing to be fooled with. And it's inevitable given the sanitary conditions there. So I apologize for neglecting that important piece of information. Please don't kill me. Hey, can I uh, say one thing? Tim, uh. So, Mac, Tim just coined the motto of All Marine Radio. <laughs> what we know is we don't know much. <laughs> well, that's incomplete because the second part of that would be, and we're not afraid to wax eloquent about it. <laughs> yeah, I see. It's, there you go. There you go, right? Um, all right, let's talk about the upside. Um, hold on. Let me... Uh... Let me get to where I'm supposed to get. Um, outside Afghanistan, refugees flowing in the United States, right? We've seen that. We've seen videotape of them uh, different places around the world to include the United States. Uh, so that's going. Uh, the refugee conditions, uh, I want to say in gutter, uh, became a topic because, you know, the Afghans said it was, it was, this is a fucking nightmare. Right? Yeah. Uh, Citing what Tim just said, which is the hygiene conditions are absolutely awful and uh so that's been in the news and just then, think about that too that's so you go to you got a cutter right what's the qatari the qataris are they're the, arabs they're the one percent so oh yeah the population the ethnic population of those countries anymore but they're you know huge third world labor force uh at the last minute we throw together this huge warehouse that we're going to transit people through. Uh, if the contracting officer wasn't able to go out and hire 300 third world nationalists, typically Pakistanians, Pakistanis, Indians, Filipinos, 
uh, to clean that up. No one in the Qatari government cares. Uh, yeah, they don't. That. That's up. not their problem. And uh, so you you cycle a couple of thousand people through an empty building, and what you got is you know, something worse than a refugee camp. And the next people come in and complain, um, well, they could still be sitting at Hamad Karzi International Airport. Uh, but yeah, this is completely to be expected when you do something last minute, uh, not thought through, uh, and everyone's focused on how many seats on airplanes there are. Well, just like, that's true. Like, uh, for instance, you know, there's no way we could have prepared for the tsunami of the late 2004, early 2005. But when that happened, they took three map and, uh, you know, they, they jumped right on it, General Blackman. And uh, that issue that Will's talking about in a couple of choke points like Banda Aceh and other places in Indonesia and uh, in Thailand, they uh, immediately put the, uh, we used to call the FSSG, and now it's called the, the Marine Logistics Group. They went in there, and that was their their purpose was to make sure that uh you know sanitation was as good as we could get it and it kept getting better so uh this is just another uh example of how unprepared and you know lack of forethought there was put towards this thing you know i mean i think that's what that you know uh that accentuates and um you know what what timmy was talking about in in regards to like the intel stuff and when you were when you were reading off the stuff that engel was saying mac uh, there's a couple of indicators there. Like there's a reference uh, from Iran, the Iranians, about Shias in Afghanistan, right. and I think that's referencing the Hazara strongholds there, you know, in the central part of the country, and um, and and, the, and I think that's to me the interesting thing, you know, besides uh, you know the appalling danger that everybody's in there is the uh, how's Afghanistan going to look. When uh, the United States is finally out of there, whether it be in October or August 31st or, you know, whenever. And, and so that, you know, that kind of like uh, that kind of like gives you a little thing that people are murmuring about that. If that was in the Afghan news there. You know, they're they're mentioning that. So I like to listen. I like to really stay close to that Afghan news thing. Just to hear what they're saying. No, you know, what? I mean, to me, you know, I I. Um... I enjoy listening to Al Jazeera because you're going to get perspectives that you're not going to hear in the mainstream news in, in the United States, which is completely focused on the political consequences of Afghanistan and not so focused on Afghanistan itself, the collateral events surrounding this that the rest of the world looks at, looks on with interest at. And so to me, that's why you got to kind of, you know, turn the kaleidoscope uh, of your media intake and, uh, and 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 it really, if you want to, if you want to understand or at least be abreast of news, um, American media not so much. I mean, uh, Tolo, the Afghan website, Al Jazeera, right? A a, a far different perspective that you're going to get. And then I would also recommend the BBC is going to give you a different, you know, EU kind of centered uh, or diff- America from afar centered. Uh, uh, opinion. So now I, I I concur with Jeffrey. The um, all right. Let's talk about uh, so that that's that's CENTCOM kind of news in, in in the greater region. Kabul International Airport. Uh, Jeff and Will. Um, any impact that Eric Prince's efforts to get aircraft in there, people on there, does that have any impact 
that would be going on on what? The private side of the airport? Uh, it, it, give us your best thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the, the truth of it is, is that uh, there's just not enough resources to get people out rapidly. And Eric Prince, you know, is taking advantage of that. And also, I have to tell you, and, you know, normally I wouldn't approve of something like that. But this is so this is almost like the Alamo time period during the uh, Texas War of Independence, where they need all the help they can get from anybody, you know, or Andrew Jackson using uh you know, the, the pirates down there in New Orleans and stuff. And so, uh, you know, I would say I, I'd like to get more information about that. As far as him, char- Timmy's right. It does look shitty to charge all that money. On the other hand, um, who's his, who's, who's he talking about in there? You know what I mean? Uh, he, he probably has insights into um, private organizations that we don't, you know. And another thing that Tim brought up that's interesting is those two congressmen. And normally, just like the thing with the cell phones. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look, look, but before we go to the congressman. Okay. But Eric Prince, he's not his aircraft are, are, are landing on the civilian side of the airfield. Yes, and so yeah. Yeah. his impact on the military operation would be not so much. Although it would be, well, a we don't bi- know that it'd I mean, be a big deal in we, the news. Um, we don't know what. He may actually be working with the military because they may be running out of stuff. I mean, you know, Timmy talked about it. You talked about, you know, the the uh, and Will talked about the, you know, the 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 squalor that's going to build up there. I mean, uh, anybody who could help with anything, I think, uh, you know, the people on the ground are actually running this would probably take advantage of. And who? And that's another thing. I don't want to do this because you know it goes against what you're saying as far as uh, how we're talking about this but is general mckenzie and those guys still in there who's the dude who's there running fucking h kyle you know for the military and and that's a question and then but but also who's running who's running it on the civilian side and who's and who's controlling that because what eric prince knows is this right charging charging 6500 bucks well you know what a third of that money is going to go to pay off the officials at the airport to get the fuck in there yes. to make the rest of the money. Exactly. That's right. right. And, and let me tell you, and, and no doesn't mean shit in Afghanistan. No means you need to reach deeper into your pocket. That's what no means. Right. Can I, can I add that there's been successful civilians who have come in and, and for instance, um, I don't know who it was. The, I believe it was some European country flew 250 students from the school of leadership to Rwanda, who has offered them refuge. All the American university staff got out, um, along with a bunch of, uh, of Swiss and, and uh, scholars from Hopkins and Georgetown. They all got out on a private uh, a scheduled plane. There's been other countries have set in planes, particularly European planes, but the people that were supposed to get on these planes were not allowed through by the Marines. And what's even more important is we've got to recalibrate what we understand about the airport, because according to the press, the civilian side is operating, which means that that initial surge of Marines that that we saw the tape of going through the old arrival building out into the uh, parking area in the front of the airport, whatever they grab, they've given back. And now reportedly the Baradar Special Forces uh, Taliban outfit is sitting there in the airport. The guys who uh, tried to mimic uh, the flag raising, those assholes, 
which yeah. means that 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 all these people are dealing with the, avi the, the Afghan Aviation Authority. And I can tell you from experience, the one part of the government that never took bribes, never cut any any uh, slack was the Aviation Bureau because it was run by Germans mostly and people trained trained by Germans, given their history of German aviation and Afghan aviation. So, right. so, so you've Matt. got the airport running, probably not by a Taliban guy because they don't know how to run how to run the goddamn tower. We're probably running the tower for them, but but it's a, it's allowing people to come in that are outside of the military control. I can't, I can't, I, I can't see the, whoever it is from SETCOM on a deck running this thing. I, I either, either he thinks it's a great idea because it's, it's working to his advantage or he's pissed. I don't know which, which well, one. You know, Timmy brought up a good point that I, that I forgot to mention the Afghans. It, it appears from Engels reporting and so, from other sources that the Afghans are worried about, the draining of intellectual property from the country more than just being dicks and not letting people leave. They don't want people who can run the railroad escaping to America. It seems like that's what, so they're, they're wanting to keep people who know how to do the stuff that Timmy was mentioning. They don't want those people to leave. The, the only thing they know though is, uh, you know, of carrot and stick, they're mostly stick. So that's all they know. And I got to say one other thing, the Rwanda school of leadership I mean, that Timmy mentioned that that's got to be. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was in the uh, I went and I was eating in the EDA men cafeteria. And then I walked over to the, uh, to the Robert Mugabe library. You know? but, no, it's a, I just yeah, it's yeah, it's it's crazy. But look at look at uh, look at Rwanda offering sanctuary to Afghans. It's pretty, uh, pretty sure. decent of them. Yeah. As, hey, as Will said, I, I was just fleeing for my life. Right. And I was so relieved. And now I'm bitching about those urine and feces or where I'm at. And now I get to go to Rwanda. Everything, <laughs> everything's turning up roses, right? Compared to what the fuck I was living through yesterday. Do you believe the whole, we don't want the resources of the nation drained? Or do you think that's just bullshit? Cause they don't want people no, that they, they, they want to kill to leave. I think they want people who can do stuff like, uh, or is it both? Do like you know the things that they don't know how to do, and I, I mean uh, municipality stuff, you know, road repair, all that crap. They don't want those people leaving. Now, now remember, remember the ministry of the minister of finance went to the Taliban to Barador and said, "Let me put the uh, civil servants back to work so we can get the economy running, and we'll promote uh, from from the those that stayed behind to replace the corrupt officials who left." And the Taliban did not take them up on this. Uh, and and maybe that's because they don't have their shit together and they haven't come up with a plan of what they do. So in the absence of a plan, letting your uh, uh, your engineers, your physicians, your your uh, your academics, not letting them go makes sense because they don't have a plan. But we know we need we're going to need some some smart guys. They could go about this a lot more adroitly uh, if if they could at least reinstall people like they did the traffic cops. But they, but they have not, and it's going to hurt them because again, banks closed, ATMs closed, no money coming into the country except for remittances, and that's it. Just to, to talk about the evacuation. So the number yesterday was we got nineteen thousand people out. So nineteen thousand in twenty four hours, seven hundred ninety one an hour. It's not likely that, and I don't know if that nineteen thousand is everyone who left the airport. If the civilian side of the airport is running. 
or if those are numbers that we're cataloging as part of the military evacuation. Right. So if you're doing 791 an hour, um, you know, you got to be running three or four aircraft an hour. That's a takeoff every 15 minutes. It's a takeoff and a landing every seven and a half minutes. It doesn't seem like a lot, except for the fact that it's 24-7 in third world country at 7,000 feet. Uh, you know, that's a that's a fairly high pace, I would say. Um, the the under, understanding how the airport security is running would be very interesting to me. The I think that the CG of the 82nd that was on the deck there, the two-star, he's the last one I saw that was nominally in charge of this. Um, so if they're sharing perimeter security at the airport somehow, that just seems weird uh, to me. Share, uh, sharing it with? Sharing it with these uniform Taliban uh, groups. It just, it, it, uh, it seems challenging. Um, and yeah, how the tower is running. And then, you know, when we say the tower is being run by the Afghan Aviation Authority, are those trained Afghans who are in the tower? Tim, or do you think that they're... No, no, no. They're, 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 they're trained Afghans. Okay. And I'm not saying that's the case. For all I know, it's a combat control team running that time. Right. And yeah. so uh, if it's the combat control team, then they've got yay or nay on whoever lands and takes off. Yep. So um, if it's trained Afghans, um, you know, you can believe that there's a new face of the Taliban. Right. But those people 20 years ago, they didn't survive. Anybody educated people, et cetera. So it, I don't what, what do you got to pay a guy to sit up there in the tower if you're a trained Afghan? So, yeah, I don't understand the airport anymore. I think I understood it five days ago. I don't understand it now. So, yeah, well, just to be accurate. 20 year, it wasn't 20 years ago. It was like 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Yeah, when the, uh, the Afghans, um, they had that, the Civil War came to a climax and destroyed the city of Kabul, almost like Stalingrad was destroyed. So all those people left just to avoid that. And that was a fight between Hekmatyar, Masood, um, you know, uh, Dostum, and a bunch of other people. And, and uh, that's why they left. Although the Taliban were very you know, they were naturally selected to be the most savage, which they were. And so those people didn't come back. And if they were stupid enough to, they, you know, the, the uh, Taliban wasn't interested in any kind of, uh, you know, 20th century, um, uh, you know, uh, technology, it seemed. But apparently through the years and with this thing in Doha, you know, and the, and the fact that uh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, disgruntlement with the way the United States counterinsurgency effort was going in regards to population of Afghanistan, that their numbers have grown. And with their numbers growing, then then uh, they have changed. I'm not saying they're nice or anything like that, but they're obviously, the, 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 uh, the guy on the TV talking to a female reporter, that did not fucking happen 2001 by any stretch of the imagination. So they still suck, but they're smarter now. 
You know, they're more they're more experienced. And I have to tell you, they will take advantage of the humiliating position that we're in right now as a nation. Just just as a point of just as a point of reference, during the Taliban time, uh, a friend of mine named Dan Terry, who was a Christian missionary, he, his wife and children lived, uh, continued to live in, in the in Afghanistan. His wife's a nurse. She was a midwife, and that's what that's what they did is they would go and run medical clinics in, in uh, real obscure places. And the Taliban put him in prison in Kandahar, and he said, "Great, I can learn Pashto." And they and then they decided to let him out. And then they decided to put him back in, and the, and the whole prison was happy to see their friend Dan. He he was a remarkable uh, affinity for Afghans. Murdered in 2010 in in uh, uh, leaving Kunar province with 31 other medical workers, unfortunately. But that. he worked there. My old boss Steve Scholes was was exporting pomegranate from Afghanistan in 1990s. He said when he was visit Afghanistan, it was the calmest, pe- most peaceful place he'd ever seen during the Taliban time. So. I just want to put that as a point of reference. And the reason I do is because the Taliban were not adverse to working with NGOs who would help them out or American businessmen who wanted to export pomegranate. It, and, and so that was 1.0 with the vicious suppression of the people. Now you've got an Afghan population, 60% of them are under 20 years old. They've never known these people. I don't think it's going to be so easy for them again because the Afghan people are armed, all of them. Yeah, I, I, I think that's one of the most interesting dynamics is, you know, the last 20 years and the impact on the Afghan culture to include women, to include, you know, and, and now, uh, the you know, we, we talked about yesterday, you know, 2007 is a watershed event. And the because of the invention and proliferation of the smartphone, which means video goes all over the world in seconds, uh, in seconds. Uh, and and the, the most recent example is, you know, we talked yesterday, but that picture of that Marine yanking that baby over that wall, right, goes around the world in literally in minutes. And um, and so I, 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 it's going to be very interesting. They do not have the same opportunity they had before um, because the culture is very different. It is armed and it is uh, largely, you know, young and they don't know this. And so it'll be interesting. And again, the Taliban's numerical... Uh, inferiority, right? How long, you know, again, they're going to run into the same problem that we ran into in Iraq and in Afghanistan. We don't have enough ass to do this, right? Why can't you cool that place out? Well, we have cooled it out where we're at, but we need more people. Well, I don't know that they can recruit the kind of people and how long will the people that made deals with them, right, to be part of their organization, how long will they stay loyal to that? They weren't loyal to, you know, the, 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 the federal government. They weren't loyal to, quote, unquote, the Afghan nation. And so when that work gets unappealing, um, will they then? And again, so to me, what I see is all the elements for the Afghans to have another civil war, unless the Taliban becomes something that nobody think they will become, which is a moderate, right, uh, inclusive force. Short of that, right? The National Alliance flags will come back out. You will see more things like Timmy briefed us on that happened north in, in right in the district of Banu and, and whatnot north of the capital. And the Taliban is going to struggle to control that because they don't have the ass right to uh, impose on the nation their vision of life. 
So it'll be it'll be interesting. I want to talk about uh, again operations around the uh, airport. What impact? But Seth Moulton's trip, and what's the other guy's name? Mejia, um, Mejir. I anyway, I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's the, the what it looks like to me. Yeah, he's to, a, I think it's Miser, Miser, Miser. Uh, well, not I, in, I just not in California and Texas. It ain't. Um, <laughs> and so. So while Eric Prince might be, in theory, operating on the civilian side and running his own little commercial endeavor and bribing different people to get in and out of there, um, two American representatives, right, uh, go there. Uh, What is the impact, Will and Jeff, when some VIP drops out of nowhere and all of a sudden you you hear, uh, hey, I need to see you right away? Yeah, but you know I'm doing no, no, no. I need to see you immediately. And you walk in the room and they say, "Hey, we have two congressmen here." What what is the impact of that on the operation uh, yesterday? Do you think? Yeah, you know, and and the report I read is that you know military people were furious about it because they didn't find out until they were in the air. So that if they're really furious, it's easy to deal with. The Secretary of Defense tells CENTCOM to tell the two-star on the ground to ignore them, right? They're in there in a private capacity. If they re- if they were really furious, I, I don't understand. Yeah. People saying, oh, this is so distracting. Um, yeah, I think pre- maybe General Milley was furious, but I don't know if the guys, they're like, whatever. I don't have time to fuck with these guys, but I don't have time to not fuck with them either. So they would just get folded into what's going on there and told with, you know, especially well, since I think well, both of them are veterans. Yeah. I, I, I so the people, officer. I wouldn't be furious on the ground, particularly if I didn't agree with the policy. Yeah. If you're the CG on the ground and you think the policy is stupid or you're putting, being put into a bad position, you know, what a great opportunity to have a candid conversation uh, with a, a representative. If Millie was furious, Millie could have easily prevented those two from entering friendly lines. How did they? How did they even get there? And I mean, people had I, to know. I, people had to I know. I read they were on a charter. They did not. Typically, when congressmen travel, they coordinate. They take military aircraft, unless they're being on a paid junket by someone else. But I read that they took a charter flight and did that no one knew that they were going to be there until they were on the way there. So for all I know, they were on final approach, but I don't think so. I think that once they were airborne, they said, hey, this is us and we're coming and you can't stop us. That's when everyone got furious. So they hop on one of Eric Prince's aircraft. In theory, we don't know that, but in theory. And so then they just plop down. And so once you get told about that as the on-scene commander – is it your? Is it coming on you to provide them security? Why? O- only if you're told to do it. They did not coordinate uh, with the military. You know, a lot of times if they, anytime they travel around the world like that, they go on mill air and they've got military escort. Right. That's what all our congressional. Yeah, Will is Will is absolutely right because what would happen is he's saying why this, why that, but the real, what's really what happened is the first thing, especially nowadays, these guys would say, hey, these two congressmen are here. What do I do with this to the next hire? So General McKenzie would say, do this, and they would do it. 
Yeah, but General yeah. McKenzie is not going to say, hey, screw them, they're on their own. Yeah, right, no. Well, he calls the chairman. He would, he would not do that. He, yeah, would, he calls no. the chairman. Yeah, yeah. And, and if they the say, chairman yeah, yeah. goes into the SecDef's office, and they can leak out to the press that they're all furious, but we're just going to do this because um, they're, you know, I mean, it's Seth Moulton, loyal Democrat. He's going to vote for whatever Pelosi mm-hmm. wants and the president. Although, Although both those guys are saying there's no fucking way we'll even get all the Americans out by August 31st. Which Ooh. also folds right into what the SecDef and the chairman think. Yeah. And they supposedly have been lobbying the president, don't make us shut it down by August 31st because we're not going to get everyone out. So Even people in the leadership school in Rwanda know that you can't get out of there by 31 August. So it's great yeah, that everybody I'm, agrees on the obvious. You know? Yeah, so Seth Moulton now reports that we're not going to get out of there, which only reinforces exactly what the military people have been saying. Right. So, again, they can say they're all furious, but isn't it nice to have someone else in the government tell the president he's wrong and not just be us? Yeah, you know that that to me was was the the ironic part of it is Moulton's a Democrat, right? And he essentially says, "Hey, fuck off," right? Yeah. And um, and I'm going. And then he gets there, and he completely refutes the narrative of his own administration. Um, and 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 what Will just said, you know, all of a sudden here you have somebody that is is on the ground there is a combat veteran and is saying, hey, this is bullshit. And it's like a, you watch this stuff, it's like we're playing charades. And, and you know, somebody sent me an email this morning uh, about about my heart goes out to Afghan veterans watching all of this. It must be, it must be really difficult. And I'll tell you, one of my emotions is these fucking guys who've been, who've been lying – for a mm-hmm. lot of years, they're getting theirs now, right? Yeah. The chickens are coming home to roost. They're now being forced to be accountable for the lies they told, shit that we saw. And and so, yeah, it feels shitty. But you know what? This this dissent has been going on for a long time. I was there in 2010-11, right? And you knew it wasn't good then. You know, and, but would we it have to resolve? Nine and ten either, man. Yeah, would we have the resolve to stay, right? And, 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 and make this a generational fight, and which is what it was going to be because it had to be long-term because we were trying to create something that had never existed. And then you saw the bullshit that got served to the American people. Wah, 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 wah. And now you're seeing it again. You, if, you, if you watch the president of the United States, like, like what world does he live in? All the allies are supportive. <laughs> then you flip on the news, right? Every no nobody told me that leaked memos. Yeah, we told them that, right? The 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 you know the defense community completely in in, in supportive of this. No, we're not, right? It's like bizarro fucking world, right? And yeah. so so my emotion is like to see Moulton do what he did was fucking yes. Somebody tell the truth so we can have an honest discussion about this shit. Yeah. My observation on Moulton is he's a member of the he's a Democrat. He's in there going counter to the to the president. He doesn't do stuff. I don't think I, I would believe he if he was going to go in there and snipe the president, Pelosi knows that. So that indicates the Democrats may well be starting to to, to cut away in order to salvage themselves. I'm not 
particularly interested in that aspect right now. But what this brings on is the is the next topic, which was the the volley of shots coming from various angles to 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 Biden de, de, demanding or stating that it's time to put your foot down, and the only way to salvage this is to go aggressive, get all our people out, and be and and basically advocating the uh, the course of action I uh, outlined yesterday. That came from. Both uh, a well-known podcaster, SEAL guy, that Jocko Willenek guy, and who the hell else said something about that? Somebody else in the administration. So there's more and more people who are catching up to Baba Tim, but that's okay. It's, I'm used to that. But I'm telling you right now, he's going to stay past 31st of August. In order to do that, he's going to. He's the. I, I I could tell you exactly how to do this that would get the American people entirely behind us and 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 change the dynamics of this debacle into a win and it would be to model after the berlin uh airlift particularly the distribution of candy by pilots which was unauthorized at first and then actively encouraged but i don't want to bore everybody with that kind of a, a, of a diversion i'm just saying there's a lot of pressure for him to stop leading from behind a lot of pressure from international, from the media. On who? On who? The president? On the president. Yeah, the Germans. I know that. To me, but he, he's second, not but listening to any of it. He hasn't listened to, to anybody at all. I'm predicting he's going to. I'm predicting we're there past August 31st. Because uh, I'm predicting that's a That will be another another failed prediction like many of them that yeah, you think Drony McDrone face I was wrong but I think I was right you've never proved that well right. as I George Costanza anyway, said it's not a lie if you believe it <laughs> I have to tell you it seems to me the indications are the there's like a 75 percent chance we're going to slink away on 30 and 31 August with our tails between our legs and it'll I, be the biggest humiliation in years I I make it 60 percent but what does the gambler say well, you know, I'll come right out. I was wrong. I can't believe that he held a G7 meeting when he knew what all the rest of them were going to say. I thought yesterday was his chance to acquiesce to all of these, our great allies who cheered on his victory in the recent presidential campaign. We're going to have normal relations again. America's back. We love Joe. He's foreign policy savvy. I thought for sure yesterday he was going to say, well, in the interest of greater inter-allied cooperation, we are likely going to extend the deadline. But he didn't. Yeah, he he lied about the G seven meeting that they had too. Yeah, well, well, let me here. Let me just let me make a point about the G seven meeting. Supposedly, what they were under the impression, they thought they had an agreement to extend the timeline, and then the White House, before he even went on, or before the G seven meeting, said, you know, the president will not extend the deadline, and they were like, what the fuck just happened? You know? Right. And That's so what I thought. Yeah. Why would the White House have the meeting unless they were going to agree? Uh, right. Why would they so, pull out a Bagram? Why would they pull out a Bagram? <laughs> why, why, why? No, no. But yeah, yeah, but I say this based on that meeting yesterday, and uh, I, 
I mean, I think we're done August 31st. Yeah. And everyone who's left behind, cheerio and good luck. Can I add one more thing? No, I'm- no, you cannot yet. I believe 100% that we will be out by August 31st or before. 100%. Right? Because let me tell you this. Joe Biden, right, what did, what did Secretary Gates say? Has been on the wrong side of every major uh, foreign decision in the last 40 years, right? He is, and so here's the question. What is drive, driving Joe Biden? You know, the security of our troops. Well, you know what? When you put that many people and you go to a shitty place, guess what? One of the things you accept is somebody might get whacked here, right? But mm-hmm. the mission is important, right? What we're doing for, for, for the United States and the international community is important. And sometimes people get killed. Now, it's really shitty when you see their parents on TV and all that. But, you know, you put your hand up, you take the oath, you go into harm's way. You know, it comes with part of the meal. Yeah, and so That's exactly it, right. And so, exactly right. so to me, is what's driving it, this, his aversion to seeing a mother on TV, you know, crying about her son and the security of the troops. He's, he's faint, right? He, he voted against the, uh, you know, the attack on Soleimani. You know, we got the guy, you know, let's do, you know, not Soleimani, but, uh, but uh, Bin Laden. Bin Laden. Yeah, he was not in favor of that. And so Joe Biden, I don't know if he's a coward. I don't know if he's just afraid to be a leader. And that's why he's survived in political office so long. Right. And he's essentially a chameleon that's that's that takes counsel of his fears. But he in no way, shape or form is a leader. So when Timmy says, I believe 60 percent chance he'll extend it. What are you ingesting down on the border, Timmy? What is wrong with you? Feel free to give yourself your analysis and then check yourself into a two-week program to get clean again because it ain't happening, man. He is not that guy. What a perfect segue to what I was going to say. That is awesome. <laughs> now, now. And I volunteered Jeffrey, because he's the piss boy, to supervise your, 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 your analysis and your treatment. <laughs> what Let a perfect segue that, because, because although – to improving the Marine Corps than, than uh, a lot of other things you had. There you go. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm proud of my piss <laughs> Congratulations, Marine. I would, the only thing that make me more complete is if I had a, a master's degree from the Rwanda school. <laughs> why, why, why do I know that the Rwandan School of Leadership is going to be a a thing on Albany Radio. <laughs> why do I know that? Hey, I also want you, before, Timmy, before you watch Eloquent, uh, Representative Gallagher, former Marine, intel, ground intel guy, I think they go to IOC. Um, yeah, they do. Right? He said on the floor of the House yesterday, and I don't care what kind of secret deal got struck between the director of CIA and Mullah Bardock. Oh, shit, that's Bardock. weird. He said yeah, that. Okay. I was like, week. what? So... Do we have a secret deal? And what is a secret deal? You want to speculate on that? So with that said, Timmy, you have the floor. Okay. Um, Going back to my segue, Excellence, I just wanted to point out, I don't argue about Biden not having the right stuff. That's rather obvious. I was making a point because I was thinking about this from the American people's perspective. And the reason that you saw when you were in in history class, pictures of President Truman holding up headlines, Dewey beats Truman, 
is because Truman won his second election exclusively because of an Air Force lieutenant named Hal Halbertson and, the, and his candy bomber campaign. Before that, the American people didn't give a shit about the Germans. The American occupation forces hated them. They hated us. And then with this candy thing, all of a sudden, a, a bond was made between the starving children of, of, of Beirut, and, excuse me, Berlin and the American people. And by Christmas of that year, within a month, they had problems because they had three tons of donated chocolate and clothes to give to the kids in Berlin. I'm just saying that you could make a similar statement by launching out in Kabul and saying, we're not leaving until we take everybody we want to take. Oh, my God. If if some butts were candies and nuts, it'd be Christmas every day. Right. No, no, no. I'm just talking about the way to get the American people to 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 basically agree with the uh, sacrifice that would be required to stay and do this with some type of delusional. That may be. But I'm also it was the other person that was mentioning that exact thing was Dan Crenshaw. So right now he's delusional. uh, Then you're in what you're both breathing the Texas air and it's causing both of you to be delusional. No, no, no. One's in California, but it's two seals and then. Infantry guy, that's not Crenshaw. Uh, that's probably not that strong, but uh, but it's two good seals and an infantry guy saying this would be the way to go. And I was just trying to illustrate why it would be a good thing for us, but it, it's not going to happen. I understand that. You know, what might happen is this: there's a frantic effort to uh, you know to get Americans out, um, and the Taliban says, "Well, if you pull out half your security guys." We'll let you continue this thing for another week or so. Some kind of fucking cheesy compromise like that. Or if you pull out all your security guys and let us do security, then we'll, we'll continue to let Americans be evacuated. But, uh, you know, I think if they, they're in a, a perfect position. If you remember the fucking smug Iranian mullahs in 1979 and 80 during the hostage crisis there, they fucking... They twisted our nipples as hard as they could, you know, using the uh, the news media, and that's when the news was on at night, and you know, and that was all you got. And every night it was four hundred, you know, day two hundred and sixty three day, and it was a fucking, it was terrible. It would be worse now because now it's a twenty four hour cycle, and all these little, you know, micro humiliations uh, at uh, you know at the gate and everything like that. Marines leaving. They would film it and they would gloat on it and uh, it would just be shitty. And I think, I hope not, but I think that's what we got in store. Got it. All right. Um, other shit. Okay. Uh, so let's go back to talk about operations. Um, let's talk about now the, the the retrograde, which is evidently has already begun. All right. What are we flowing out now as we begin to... Um, can you can you guys talk about as you try to you know reverse flow this thing, who leaves first and and who leaves last and what are you doing and how are you prioritizing that? I heard screeners were leaving. I heard like uh, ad, like uh, log people and shit like that were leaving first, like you know people who uh, who actually screened evacuees and stuff like that and you know for you know, they're the ones who are going. For, in other words, support of the supporters, not really uh, you know the, the security guys. Got That's it. just what I heard on the news. Like, I don't know if it's accurate or not. Got it. Got it. So um, how do you do this? Well, yeah, I mean, I was I when I heard the retrograde had already begun. The last I know is that two one had just gotten there. So something tough. I mean, I didn't quite understand it. 
Uh, two, you know, you remember? Uh, I, don't know, I shouldn't. I'm not gonna say that. But uh, yeah, two one are the guys in desert camis, Marines, right. and uh, one eight are the guys in, in green. So one eight got there a week or so ago. I heard that two one, I thought I saw in the news, got there about two days ago. Yeah, I think a little sooner than that, but I don't okay. know. Okay. So so now we got to take people out. What's What's the mission that's going on? We know that we've got State Department consular officers there who right. are doing the hard-nosed checking of visas and passports. Right. It seems like that we've got Marines internal to that, seemingly organizing uh, people into lines to get through that. And then I'm sure once they get through screening, they got to put them somewhere so that they're organizing that effort Um if the situation inside the airport is relatively calm, it seems like, yeah, you can you can take out a lot of the excess troops that are doing that. Uh, the State Department people have got to be gone because the last people on the last airplane are what the external security. But then I, again, yeah. I don't understand where are these Apaches and those Chinooks? Where yeah, are I'm, they and where are they going to go? Are and the MRAPs, thermite? And the, yeah, the MRAPs you see there, are they going to leave them? Yeah, the MRAPs oh, are staying there. There's, there's, no there's hundreds of MRAPs. No, I mean, I see Marines and MRAPs, and so... Uh, yeah, but just those yeah. MRAPs, are, they're not they're going to stay, right? Yeah. If I could... No, I think they're leaving. I think the MRAPs go, too. There's too much, I could, uh, there's too much of our shit that's on it. Um, our shit's different than theirs. I think they drive them on C-17s and drive them out. Those. Well, that's part of the that's part of the retrograde decision as well. Because right. what's an MRAP way? Jeff, How many MRAPs 20, fit on a C-17? Jeff, Jeffrey, at least thirty tons. Yeah, and so I, I will tell you that in 2012, we went through what we're going to do with MRAPs, and the Marine Corps is not keeping MRAPs. I mean, we got rid of tanks. <laughs> no, you're right. We, we got a new vehicle. It's like halfway between an MATV so, and an MRAP now. Yeah, we don't need right. those things. So part of the retrograde is if we're not taking the MRAPs, what condition are we going to leave them in? But again, what are we doing with those Apaches? Where are they? How are they getting out of the country? I, I think I, I think I got some some answers. Um, one about who they're taking out of the airport. Remember, I mentioned I've got two former Marines that I'm working with who are there. They're contractors, and they're screening and helping the State Department organize and prioritize who they're going to go get. And this is consistent with the State Department, too, when confronted with some a situation like this to bring in contractors who, in my experience, are 100% of the time former military officers. And and I believe they'll leave those guys behind before they leave a blue badger behind. That So... I think a lot of that counselor section. Yeah, but they're not. Leave they're not leaving those people behind. No, 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 no. I mean, they would leave. They they would make them the last out ahead of their blue badge guys. Is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. They're not going to leave could them. You obviously, ex- could you explain blue badge to everybody? Uh, I think that's actually a CIA term. It's a term for a CIA agent or a State Department employee who's a no shit State Department employee and not a contractor, because the vast majority of Department of State people. I dealt with in Afghanistan were all contractors, never a legitimate career-long State Department guy. Retired colonels, retired lieutenant colonels, 
retired majors if you got if you want people to do something. So that's that's the state, the blue badge, the the official State Department guys, they're probably going to get out of there relatively early. But but you but if you got six thousand guys, you've got to start retrograding right now. You've got a week, unless you unless you listen to you know Bob and Tim and, and do the right thing. But again, what all that equipment? If they're not taking that equipment, they're going to leave that behind. I got MRAPs. That's easy to leave behind. Other vehicles. The aviation, if it's got nowhere to go, you got to figure out how you're going to destroy that. Fly it to Uzbekistan. Well, that's the question. Yeah. Is it, where's it going to go? Yeah. Uh, so that's all part of your retrograde. Yeah. And then if we say we're done on August 31st, that means that the last evacuee gets processed. I don't know, 29th at the latest. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That's a good point. The last evacuee is processed on the 29th because then you close up shop. You get all the people that are internal. Uh, What are you going to do at the embassy? Do you still occupy the embassy or not? No, I think I heard yesterday the embassy uh, has been abandoned totally. So at a a minimum, part of the retrograde had to be ensuring that we did the classified sweep and destroy all of that stuff and the embassy. So now you take all the, the last evacuee goes out on the 29th, maybe all the people processing, all the people that were doing the feeding, caring, clothing, birthing, medical of all the evacuees, they go out the door and show that there's what a battalion and change of paratroopers sitting in some sort of external security posture, and you've got to have enough people on the ground. Uh, I mean, it's weird when you're evacuating by fixed-wing aircraft out of an airport. you got to have a rock-solid agreement with the people that are there because you're not going to do this as a gunfight on the way out. Yeah. Right. No, you're going to – this Taliban will guarantee our security. And maybe that's yeah. maybe that's the and deal that's that, that, that got struck by the director of the CIA. Hey, we will. And again, what you're sitting around, you know, Will was talking about executive level discussions. But you know, you're saying, okay, what's our three throughput? We've got to get our throughput to this. This throughput gets this this number of people out of there by the 28th, right? Which gives us then time. We will be concurrently moving out the extraneous people and we're as this number comes down and then on the 29th we're done and we're we're retrograding our security element with the taliban providing us uh security as we get out of there by the 31st of august and that's what the the director of the cia you know just went in and, and reaffirmed that we will do this you know we need your help and then i think the whole statement of you know i've also asked them to develop contingency plans you know if we're going to stay later that ain't going to happen right we're we're going to do a relief in place for the taliban yeah they are going to relieve us in place of that airport security think of that i don't know how else you do it well, I'll tell you what, then that's good to know because everybody needs to get their fire plan sketches ready so you can hand over your position and your shit <laughs> to, to the Taliban. Right. Fuck. Right? Fuck. Okay, what – Um. yeah, so any thoughts about – again, now that it's been a couple of days, 
so what was the purpose of the CIA director going there? And what do you think if it so let's take off the board. It's not to say, hey, we're staying longer since we got that wrong yesterday. Okay. Um, so what did what was the purpose of the CIA director going and uh, and, and, and what do you think he did? You know, to me, that's a big mystery because that seems very irresponsible to have the head of the CIA in Kabul talking to the Taliban guy. I mean, I remember in the 80s, um, James Buckley was the head of the uh, he was the station chief for the CIA in Beirut. He was kidnapped and tortured to death by, uh, you know, Hezbollah types. And um, the, the idea that unless he had some kind of it's a mystery to me, I, I don't have any idea why. They would put that guy in there unless he had some kind of prior relationship personally with one of those people. You know what I mean? Because uh, it would have been just too much of a uh, of a get, you know, for fucking terrorists to have the head, head of the CIA in their clutches. You know, I I uh, I am one of those Americans who doesn't believe the CIA is worth a cup of warm spit. I mean, I'm I'm very very uh, disgusted with their performance over the last twenty years. Okay, that that aside, that aside, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That as aside, the military and whatnot, they seem to be consistently wrong about every damn thing. What possible, what he, what possible use could he have been in Kabul? What could he have possibly told the the, the Taliban government? Okay, that, so what that, you're telling us is I that your previous opinion negates any thought you might have over this. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. Blow it out. What would the CIA have negotiated? The director of the CIA negotiated with Mullah Bardar. Safe passage, obviously, is what he's trying to get. I don't understand why the director of the CIA would be the person to do that. I I just. And I don't. I'm not saying that your opinion isn't valid, but. For our purposes and trying to get our secret if, secret decoder ring out and and figure this out. If Mullah Bardar had drove into ta- into Kabul with the Taliban and the head of the CIA was waiting for him, saying, "Yeah, we knew you were going to do that, but you're here now, and I've got some ground rules for you," that would be nice. That's the kind of bullshit the CIA puts out as history when they're trying to keep uh, 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 people guessing about their level of competency. But they're an incompetent organization. They've been from the very get go. The, uh, the the Johnny Span and all those guys in northern Afghanistan, that shit was easy then. That was not exactly a sophisticated thing. Ballsy for sure, but we've all done stuff ballsy like that. So what? Ballsy doesn't doesn't make you efficient. Ballsy just makes you ballsy. All right, um, let's talk about the next twenty four. So we we're, we're at um, August twenty fifth. All right, this operation ends. What'd you say, Will? Twenty eight, twenty nine. I, I mean, you got to think about it. It's the last evacuee's got to be out the twenty ninth. If you've got six thousand uniforms in there that you got to get out to flow, you, you, I, I don't think you want two thousand people there on the last day. Two thousand people is like five C fives packed to the gills. That just doesn't seem right. So. But we're moving. Uh, we're moving nineteen thousand a day. It's not like you can't yeah, do that, it. Yeah, nineteen thousand. Again, we don't know where that is. Uh, I can't believe that we're moving moving nineteen thousand on military aircraft. Got it. 
I, I okay, but, is, but, but, but you need but, a source but, in the Air Force, right? All right, so let's just say, let's just say a third of that are military aircraft. There's harder air going in there too. I that's mean, uh, right. That's well, six thousand. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I I don't think you're taking uniforms out there on charter. No, right. no, 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 no. C-17, no. right? Yeah. C-17. I don't know. Do we still fly the C-141? You know that. Uh, so I think you got to have the last evacuee out because you got to get start getting your people out on the 30th. You got to move six thousand people out of there. Yeah. In two days. I saw a C-130 in there yesterday. So, so tonight. Yeah. There you go. Got it. So 19, C-130 19- is going to where? Manas. They go to Pakistan for all we know. Nineteen thousand people. Nineteen thousand people would make ninety-five flights a day. Does that sound right? No, uh, That's two hundred a flight. Well, they said they, they were saying that there was approximately three an hour. So that would be uh-huh. what seventy three times twenty-four. Seventy-five all right. flights. All right, you're getting there. You're getting there. You're getting close. That's what they said. So. Uh, Did it better in the Berlin airlift, by the way. Five minutes, boom, like clockwork. And all, and plus all that candy. They were just... <laughs> all right, final thoughts. Focus on the next 48 hours. What do you think people are going to see? Will? Um, well, you're not going to see much in the U.S. You know, my, I, I was holding up a copy of the Wall Street Journal. Oh. So probably the best newspaper that we know of in the country today. One story is the usual gobbledygook talking about the president's press conference, which there's no news. And then the next thing they had on the front page is the soccer player who fell off the airplane. That's their level of sophistication. They got no more news than that. Hmm. So, and that's as good as it comes in print in the U.S. Um, Are you saying uh, that? The Wall Street Journal is better than Marine Corps Times? Yeah. No, I, I actually <laughs> don't think that the Wall Street Journal news page is all that good. Um, okay. So I, I – I, But it is – but you would say that it is better than most others, which gives is. you some yes. – some... Which means that <laughs> right. there's, there's an absolute scale, though. They're still near the bottom of the absolute scale. On the relative scale, they're very high. Right. Uh yeah, so if we don't see a mass cas, a tragedy, uh, a Taliban slash ISIS slash Al Qaeda spectacular within the airport, uh, what what the military people want to do is ensure that they do not make news in the next six days. So. Uh, if, if the molten and whatever his name thing, uh, if the military is really furious, I mean, every congressman now is going to want to go, uh, so they can squeeze that off and there'll be no uncertain terms. And then on the ground, I mean, how'd you like to be the CG there? How do you do that last relief in place? Who are you really... Talking wait, to wait, around wait, there. That's what we minute. just don't understand. I thought it was a battle handover. I thought, I mean. Battle handover, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah. Did something change? I, did you change your mind? What happened? Um, so uh, I, I expect a lot of nothing. I expect a lot of political chatter in the U.S. I think that the DOD 
put out a gasp that we don't think we're going to be able to get done by August 31st. Now the president told him shut up and color. Um, I, I, and again, I was surprised at the G7 thing. So I would say I'm more on the Mac side of this that 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 there's a non-zero percent chance that we'll be there after August 31st, but I think it's in low single digits. So, Jeffrey, thoughts on the next 48 hours? Well, I mean, um, if what we think is going to happen, then it's going things are going to get a little bit more frantic in the. Uh, in regards to people on their phones calling out and people who are in the airport or trying to get to the airport and particularly people who can't get to the airport because there's a thirst, you know, with a lot of news right now to, to get that type of uh, emotion out there to, uh, to get clickbait. You know what I mean? So there'll be a lot of, uh, and, and if, and if they're having a hard time, they're going to get out of there by the 31st or close to it. Then that means we're going to leave a shitload of people. And those people are going to, be heard or people who are representing them are going to be heard okay. and uh and that's going to be significant i think got it timmy next 24 48 hours what do you expect president truman won re-election because he stood on principle and wouldn't abandon beirut when all his generals told him he had to abandon beirut and that principled stand what? is how what? What? who the fuck what? was in beirut that president oh, truman dealt oh, with oh i'm sorry berlin excuse me berlin god and i was what? on a roll i, I was on a roll you fucked it all up and you were taking us to the candy drop again you no know, no i was just going to point out that that Go because no because let me tell you i don't think this is how they teach briefing at the rwandan leadership academy i actually i actually think that they do because i've got no i don't now i i'm sorry i lost my momentum i was making a point that truman's stand on character is 180 out from the current occupant of the white house and we can safely anticipate he will not stand on principle not character on principle revealing a good character like Truman did, we can anticipate he won't, he won't. And for that reason, he's going to be dragged past October, August 31st. And then we're screwed. There you uh, go. See, that was that a roll. If I just had lived the Beirut out in Berlin in, that I was, was there. That was rough. That um, was rough. I know, dude. Here's what I think. I think that, that operations on the airport are going to run smoothly. The Taliban will, uh, they'll use their heavy hand. To disperse mm-hmm. the crowd around the airport, we will. Uh, we're again. I'm watching the Pentagon briefing right now. They said that they had 90 evacuation flights yesterday and evacuated approximately 19,000 people. That will continue over the next 48 hours, and that will run smooth. And then the execution orders of who's leaving when have already been sent out, and you're going to see us begin to shrink the perimeter. Uh, and the Taliban begin to uh, take over positions that uh, U.S. military forces have held. And we will leave uh, with a whimper um, on, uh, uh, I would say, before August 31st, no matter what anybody else says. The secret agreement might be that the NGOs will take over. We will still be allowed to to um, execute those flights for Americans right, with either green cards or with passports post-August 31st, along with our allies. I believe that's what the CIA director negotiated. I don't know shit, though. But I want to end today with this. This is is the Wall Street Journal editorial, the last part of it. 
The Afghan withdrawal is one of the sorriest American failures in decades. Its consequences will play out for years, if not decades, as friends and foes recalibrate their view of U.S. political will in general and Mr. Biden's in particular. The president may not may want Americans to forget about the last two weeks, but the world will remember. The Taliban and al-Qaeda will use it as a, recru- as a recruiting ad for young jihadists. China, Russia, and Iran are already considering how they can exploit a weak America. Mr. Biden's bloody-minded refusal to adapt to the collapse of the Afghan government and, and military is another reminder that electing a U.S. president is a fateful choice. Character matters. But character has many parts. One is judgment and another is the courage to admit a mistake and regroup. Mr. Biden is failing on both counts. With three and a half years to go in his presidency, the world is going to become a much more dangerous place. Um, I would recommend the whole editorial. That's the last two paragraphs. So we'll end with that. Uh, boys, thank you very much today. Jeffrey, we'll, uh, you know, we miss you when you're not here, just so you know. So I hope you feel I good about it. that. You should... Uh... Say something stupid at least a couple times during tomorrow's thing in memory of me. Well, we will certainly, you know, raise the specter of the Ugandan Leadership Academy in honor of you. That's right. Special, uh, special Hutu, uh, Hutu fucking uh, curriculum. There you go. All right, boys. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great day, Mac. Safe travels, Jeff. Bye. That'll do it on a Wednesday, for what it's worth, our opinions. Uh, I'm Mike McNamara, the Salmarine Radio. Have a great Wednesday. Uh, my fear is that uh, more bad news is on the way. And so uh, make sure you get out there and exercise. <laughs> um, make sure if you're struggling about this kind of stuff, you talk about it. I would suggest writing about it is not a bad thing to do either. And learn how to take a breath, as I was trying to coach Timmy through, which is, goes just like this. Hold it for a second and spit it out. And spit all the venom, the smoke, and the anger out of, out of your body. And those are no shit little helpers to get through uh, the day when you're very frustrated. And I know there's a lot of veterans that listen to this. A lot of guys who, uh, who lost friends in Afghanistan. Uh, when I say guys, I mean men and women. And um, and it's shitty to watch this. And so uh, take care of yourself. All right? Take care of yourself. On that note, I'm Mike McNamara, the Salt Marine Radio. Have a great day. I'm out.